Well, our best strategy is to highlight her shortcomings as a parent. While I look into her past indiscretions, I want you to document every inappropriate word or action. How, how dirty might this get? Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Conveyor. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbours. We're the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we dissect episodes of Neighbours, the Australian soap opera that air currently at Aussie Pace, not too far ahead of the UK. They're coming up on our tails. We are in Melbourne's Pirate Studios, the mobile Pirate Studios set up at, we'll get to it, yes, the Motona Centre. Uh, I'm Vaya. I work in showbiz. I have trouble suspending disbelief. Kate, also known as Remude on Twitter, is here. Hello, Kate. Hi, everybody. Where have we set up, Kate? Well, I can't believe all of us forgot the name of this particular outdoor location last week, but we are at the Flame Tree. Yeah, we, had ah. a, we used to have a sting for that. <laughs> Dig it out. <laughs> Dust off the cobwebs. And all the flame trees will blind the weary driver. Um, <laughs> it'll, it'll blind a, a weary driver. Yeah. And I have returned friend, valued member of the Neighbours Council, it is Legal Eagle Beck, Rebecca Dahl, host of Chicks Talk and Footy and The Bench. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be back in real life mm. and sitting in the sun. Like, worst ways to live. And your beautiful oversized sunglasses. Too. I'm really, I'm living the dream there, as they say. <laughs> well, essentially, this is going to be like work for you today. I hope it's not too much like work. Nah, that's all right. It's, uh, it's what I do. It's what I give to the people. We've got to discuss some legalities. Oh, mate. <laughs> in Ramsey Street. First, Neighbours Council business. Sweetie, it's just business. Oh, I should thank, before we get into our, our little rant, thank you to Kirsty for joining the Neighbours Council, our Facebook group, listens to the pod currently while breastfeeding my 10-week-old baby. Oh, how lovely. Congratulations, Kirsty. Um, I hope your uh, living arrangements are much more settled than the ones on Ramsey oh, Street. That would be distressing watching this bullshit whilst having a small child in your arms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can imagine. And also, thank you to anyone who has who's at one of our patrons at patreon.com slash neighbourspod. All my trimmings are up to date, our behind-the-scenes snippets that we cut out of the main pod and stick onto Patreon. This time we're going to save, I've decided, um, Teraja's Marge Simpson moment <laughs> with the, <laughs> the bottle of wine. So we'll get to that. But before we end the business, Kate, someone's disgraced himself again. I've just got one word for you. Gaz cancelled. Yep. <laughs> if we weren't sure before, he's just really solidified it now. Bloody Damo Richardson. Dead set piece of shit. <laughs> I can't. Like, there's no other way to skin that cat. The, we had a big rant about him on Patreon, one of our trimmings. I should release that trimming. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. I'll release it as a free, as a free tier. Go have a look there. But he, you know, joined one of the anti-lockdown riots with actual Nazis. Yes, and the I think the pista resistance was. Well, he didn't, but in my head it was Gary Caddy. So, oh, yeah, oh, hang on. No, you want to talk about the first one? Yeah, the first one. Somebody he was at 
the shrine, our biggest war memorial. <laughs> and somebody urinated on that shrine. I'm not saying it was Gary Francis. But we're not saying Channing. it wasn't no. him. <laughs> Look, we all know what pigeons do to it. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, right. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's just so disgusting and unbelievable that in this, you know, what we have all lived through over the last, you know, 18 months, that some fool would get up and say, oh, no, we don't want these restrictions. So we are, we're currently living in a vaxxed economy in Melbourne, which is delightful. So good. You can just sit in a pub and know that everyone around you is protected and everyone's protecting, except bloody gas can. Oh, yeah, so that his latest fall from grace was earlier this week when... Um, People were allowed to go back into cafes. A group of numbnuts went down to um, the Ackland Street shops and decided oh. to have a sit-in down there for the unvaccinated. So we've C- got, we've CJ got, and I were laughing about this very loudly. We've got vaccinated people sitting outside cafes eating and then a whole group of absolute knobheads <laughs> turn up and decide to have yeah, a sit-in to say, oh, mate, well, we're not allowed to go to the cafe, so we're just going to sit outside. They had picnics across the road. And who turned up there? <laughs> And he's looking dishevelled because he, barbers, he can't go to a barber. I was going to say, I saw him on the Daily Mail and I thought, Gaz can you didn't have far to go, but you've let yourself go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't think there was any further he could fall, but oh, jeepers crazy. It's, it's just someone who's never had to struggle a day in his life, I bet, because the rest yeah. of us, it was no picnic for us, mate, either, but we just sucked it up and got on with it and like, get a life. He wouldn't have been allowed to go onto the set of Neighbours if he wasn't vaccinated. So I don't know where, what he's thinking his it's, career move is going to be well, next. Lucky they killed him. Yeah, he's got like no TV show that would take him on unvaccinated. No. I think on the council, Craig summed it up best with, oh, Gaz can, now I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just, um, a few people were just in support of Millsy's archery set, really. Oh, yeah. Thank God they didn't just like make him... Moved to Queensland. Yeah. Like, they, they, we've got proof. He was harpooned. Yeah. <laughs> we, we saw it. It's not like he was washed away gently. No. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> business out. So you're doing business with him. We are discussing the week commencing the 25th of October 2021 at Ozpace. Little deviation right now for Patreon. We'll fast forward over this, but go to Patreon and hear the full trimming. We need to get stuck into to Rage's... Well, not quite fall from grace. She's teetering on the edge. Teetotaling. <laughs> Teetotaling on the edge. Okay, fresh week. We've discussed to rage and there's an impending conference and the, the previous ex-wives of Paul have been hallucinated yeah. by to rage. Yeah, um, that was weird. Imagine being haunted by Lynn Scully. <laughs> Actually, you talked about her in the previous episode because you were considering a haircut and then you, she, it's like you summoned her. I know. <laughs> you uttered like, her name. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mention his split ends or she'll appear. That's right. Lynn Scully, Lynn Scully, Lynn Scully. <laughs> Should we just jump straight in here with some legal eagle chat? Sure why I think not. it's got to be here. done. I think it's got to happen. We'll pick it up from last week because suddenly everything got ugly in the Darrenick household <sighs> very quickly. They were having a civil oh, chat and suddenly David's like, well, when are we going to have our baby back? <laughs> yeah. Funny story. Uh, let's have our baby. Yep. Yeah. Nicolette's like, well, when I didn't bring her back for six weeks and then brought her back, I thought I made it clear that I was attached to her now and you can't have her back. I just, honestly, I mean, how long have you got? I mean, this whole thing from the start was a stupid bloody idea because as we all know, 
This child is Nicolette's. It is not David and Aaron's because they didn't go about it the right way. They should have gone to Canada. This was always going to happen. Secondly, I enjoy that Nicolette, like, thinks she's the victim in this whole scenario. I'm like, you're a kidnapper, a baby swapper and just, like, not a great human all round. So I'm sick of that. But last week, and I won't repeat my rant from last week, but I will a little bit. Um, (laughs) Everyone started talking about lawyers. Paul was hiring lawyers. Shock. Paul was hiring a criminal lawyer. I'm actually still not across that one. As I said last week, hiring a criminal lawyer for family law is like hiring a brain surgeon if you need a heart transplant. My theory was, and I didn't have a lot to work with, but were they trying to use Nicolette's previous indiscretions and how she'd trying to steal the... She nicked scratchy. her bloody scratchy. Yeah. <laughs> Give a shit. And or, or were they trying to use the six-week, quote-unquote, kidnapping against her? Maybe, but, I mean, this is the whole thing and this is where I get really frustrated about it because obviously it's not real, but let's just pretend it was for a minute. <laughs> Beck, I was watching... A- last Friday's episode, and I was so angry and upset by it. I had to take a couple of days break after watching it. It's just one of the biggest things when people go to the family court, and this happens all the time, people say, you know, I want to discredit them, I want to make them look like a terrible parent, blah, blah, blah. It actually doesn't fly. Like, it doesn't fly in the family court. It just makes you look shit. And so that's... it's still your kid's parents. Yeah, that's what's really frustrated me about all this is that... When you go to the family court, all judges care about is are these kids safe, are they having a relationship with their parents and is everything going right? They don't give a shit. If someone stole a scratchy, as long as it's not harming that kid, yeah, it's, you know. But the thing I find interesting about this, and I've overthought it hugely and completely, is I just don't see where all this ends because Nicolette's the parent of that child, right? Mm. I don't think, let's just say the boys went to court now, I don't think that they would have that much success, to be honest. I think that the baby's so young that it would stay with Nicolette. I don't, Mm. I just. I noticed in your chat last week you mentioned um, having a stable home for a newborn, as in a home base, Yep. whoever's caring for her is there and then whatever else is happening is happening around yeah. her. But she needs to have the same routines and the same Correct. creature comforts. The thing comforts. I don't get is um, you're all living in the same house. Who <laughs> gives a shit? Yeah. That's what I can't work out. I'm like, when they were talking about this parenting agreement, I'm like, what, she moves from the freaking dining room to the lounge room to the <laughs> pool? Like, I don't, I don't get it. It seemed to have come out of nowhere and especially in Australia – Adoption is open. So regardless of the situation I imagine a child has come from, you encourage a relationship with the the other parent. Yeah. And even as a child of divorce who did the classic see my dad every second weekend situation, it's very, very difficult if there's not a good relationship because then that's a fraught fortnight. Like every two weeks, that's a fraught handover. There's disquiet in the household because you can't bring up issues with the other family. We saw it this week as soon as the lawyers were brought up and everything kicked off, the atmosphere in the house was frosty. They were trying to chop the carrots and they nearly stabbed each other with That's a right. butter knife. Beck, I've got a question. If Nicolette was your client, would you say it's not a good idea to be living in the house with them? Yep. Yeah, because it seemed like she'd be better off running back to Canberra and yeah. she should have just stayed there. Oh, 100%. But while they're all in the house, this is what blows my sweet mind is... 
like, what are they trying to achieve? Like, if they're going to live together, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. yeah, it makes no sense to me because none of them are talking about mo- – like, she's not talking about moving out. And also, if it's something where they wanted to discuss it, say, in five years' time when she starts school. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Jane was the only person with half a bloody brain in that whole <laughs> plain Jane, half a brain, super brain. <laughs> Like, she said go to mediation and she also said, oh, here's an idea. What about all the parental figures of this child at, like, normal freaking people yeah. and not have a big Barney about it? Like I, I, just, I think they need, like, relationship counselling yeah. as well. They need something. And people will always tell you a newborn can sense un- yep. unrest and stress. Do you think what that kid's been oh, through? That, that poor like, child changed her face this week. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 got, they got the backup. They just subbed in Phyla to play Isla. Mm. I was like, hang on, why is this baby Caucasian again? Yeah, so you, oh, yeah. David and Aaron should have run up the street going, oh, look, you're back, you're back. Maybe, maybe it was like their Lynn Scully moment. <laughs> yeah. They said her name enough times. <laughs> That's the other thing. They're, they're like, let's go visit Abigail in Wollongong and Nicolette threw daggers at them. But like, also, like, bloody Brittany doesn't ever want to see them again. No. <laughs> what planet are She's like, on? well, they're not staying here. Nicolette's the one who started this whole freaking Abigail thing. Well, so what did she think? So she keeps glossing over the fact that she swapped the babies. Like, it's not the biggest story oh, of the yeah. year. She's back. Don't even worry about it. I She's said back. sorry. Don't even mention it. She's back. Her plan, she said a few times now, I was always going to come back. She no, she wasn't. Not. You took money and told Paul Robbins, P-Rob, like, no, see you later. You'll never see me again. Thank you for this check. I think, like, no offence to the writers of Neighbours if you're listening, <laughs> but it's like they started writing something and then yeah. they got confused about what they'd written and now they're trying to, like, sort of recreate mm. history. But also because... let's make a woman a villain again because oh, yeah, that's, that's how true, it always yeah. ends up. Yeah. I know she plays an amazing villain. Yeah. Like, but she's I'm, great I'm, to watch. I'm looking at this storyline and I just feel sick for Nicolette. Mm. Yeah, I'm also like, has someone done a psychological assessment on her? Yes, because I was also thinking about those first I'm six weeks. I'm worried about her. Those first six weeks Mm. being in a pandemic alone with a baby. I had my partner Mm. and I had my mum who was dropping in when she could. And I've never felt so isolated. Like just wanted to reach out to another group of parents or another group of friends and just shoot the breeze. And Nicolette was by herself in Canberra with her friend that doesn't even like her. And to the best of my knowledge, Faye, you hadn't stolen your baby no. and swapped him with another baby. <laughs> no. So add that on top of yeah. your experience. Like moral dilemmas that you're agonising over. I just can't imagine how alone she must have felt in those six weeks. She couldn't even put up a... Mm. And I was comforted by social media. Like I could yeah. share my child online. She didn't even put up an Instagram picture of her with the baby. Well, she could put up no, she was just lurking around Canberra dressed in a red cape. Just you enjoying the National Portrait Gallery so many times. Enjoying the sights of Lake Burley Griffin. Yeah. I'm really worried about, yeah, what she endured psychologically I in that time. That, I was thinking that when I was watching it this week. I thought, you're not quite right and I'm not sure anyone's no. thought to check on that. No. Well, and every time you go to the maternal child health nurse or your obstetrician, they get you to do the postnatal depression mm. checklist. Yeah. And I, what, got, I got to do it twice in one day because I went to one and the other <laughs> in the same day and I'm like, oh, yeah, look, no, I did this this morning. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Has anything changed in the afternoon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I appreciated whenever I went to see a midwife is that they would like, corner you mm. when you're alone and say, no, we just need to check there's no issue of domestic violence. Yes. Like they would yeah. tell you quietly, like they would often like take someone to weigh them out in the hallway and mm. have that conversation in private. So like there are many checks and balances to keep an eye on people. But she hasn't had a check. No. Like, does that child have a blue book or a green book or whatever they are? Is she like? Well, in Victoria, if she was born in Victoria, she'd have a green book. I don't know what they get in Canberra. Mm. 
I was going to say, I, I had a blue book when I was a baby because I was in South Australia, but I've seen no book for this child. No book. And they're heavy. Like, she didn't they're, bring it's much. like a folder. Yeah. It's just so, there are so many worries here. Now they're living in this ice house and Jane, lovely Jane, half a brain, says, look, you're all headless chickens in this coop. Mm. Can I come in? I know I'm Nicolette's mother, but I want the best for everyone here. And Jane. I actually think she does when she says mm. that. Like, I buy that. Mm. Jane, go and, like, rent a two-bedroom apartment and the three of you can move in there. Swap with Amy. Oh. <laughs> Put Amy into one of the party houses with Chloe. Chloe and Amy could have or a great night. Amy in with David Naron because she's good with gay men. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they might bring up some issues. Yeah. <laughs> Put Amy in with Chloe. And they would have a party house. Yes. And then put um, Jane and Nicolette into the polyamorous apartment. Yeah. There Happy you go. Days. Yeah. But where do you see all this yeah. going? That's what I'm trying Ola, to work Ola out. needs a happy mother. Yeah. To begin with. And part of me feels for David and Aaron, but part of me thinks, um, this is your own fucking fault. Yes. Like, and the fact that they're not even owning that. They're not even saying, you know no. what, we stuffed up here. Yeah. They're, they're like, blaming it on Nicolette for saying, you talked us out of getting on a plane. I'm like, excuse me. She didn't handcuff you to the bloody front door. To the oh, turkey base. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if David's angry with someone, he should be angry with Aaron right now. Or himself. Yeah. Yeah, because that's your partner. And there's one point where Jane says, can I move in? And then one of them said, I think I speak for both of us when I say, yes, you may move in. I'm like, wow, hang on. That is a private conversation. David and Aaron are actually giving me the shits (laughs) right now. They really are. Like part of me feels sorry for them. Yes, you thought you had a kid. You didn't have a kid. It was your niece. You had a kid. You don't have a kid. Then they got to live their dreams of just the kid with no mum. That's that's what they wanted. Yeah. Oh, if you'd gone to Canada, that's what you would have. Yes. Mind you, imagine with um, all the, the lockdown travel restrictions, um, they could have been left. Like, there's been a lot of this around the world. Yeah, there um, has. Surrogates having babies and then having <gasps> to care for their babies because the parents can't come and You're pick kidding. Them up. Yeah. Or um, oh, I know a friend of a friend who went to America to get their baby and they've been stuck there ever since. Oh they God. haven't been able to come How back expensive. to Australia. But also... All of that would be better than this hoo-ha <laughs> with Nicolette. It. All of yes. it. Um, okay, Beck. I don't know if you want to dispel this myth or just discuss it, but they've brought up a couple of times now, the courts favour the mother, the courts oh, favour the mother. Is this me. just a cliche of pop, pop culture? And what is this? I, I feel yes. like it's a toxic phrase. Oh, it really is. And it's interesting because I still have people say it to me, like clients when they come and see me, and it's just not true. Like, without breaking down the Family Law Act of 1975, Commonwealth (laughs) of Australia, there's two things that the Family Law Act says. The first one is, well, it says a lot of things, but the main ones are kids have a right to be safe and protected from harm and kids have a right to a relationship with their parents. That's it. Mm. Now, historically... Yes, mum's had kids more, like you were saying, Vaya, with your dad every second weekend. Even when I started being a lawyer, which is 17 years ago now, dad's got um, every second weekend half school holidays. That was just what it was. But it's not like that. They don't. like. And I think that that's a dangerous myth because also there's a lot of um, like same-sex couples, those sorts of things where – my take on it is that biology's gone a bit out the window in the family court. Like, it really has because, like, biology's important, absolutely, but it's actually not the be-all and end-all and it's not, yeah, it's not that simple. And as you said, as long as she's cared for and safe, and at the moment her feeding comes from Nicolette and she's Mm. expressing as well, but while that food source is close to home, like, she needs to be around it. There's some practicalities of... 
to be fair to people, maybe that's why people think, oh, it favours a mother because if a mother's breastfeeding, of course a kid has to be around her more, but it's absolute BS. No, it's, called, it's, called an, it's called a hospital-grade pump. That's yeah. what it's called. But when babies that age, they actually don't realise they're any different from you, the, no. the mum. They actually feel like they're literally part of you. Beck, it feels to me that it's something that's dug up by men's rights activists to go, oh, the courts only give it to the mother. Oh, yeah. Those... It's like, no, the courts are trying to keep a child away from a violent asshole. That's what the courts are trying to do. Yeah. Or just someone that's not great for them. But, yeah, it is a myth perpetuated by Facebook groups and the blokes that walk up and down out the front of the family court protesting. <laughs> With their picnic blankets. One of them wears a pig's head. Anyway, it's a mm. whole thing. Jesus. Because also, say they get what they want, David and Aaron, that just means... Don't say full custody. Don't, yeah, Don't well, I'll full. take that in a, That's in a moment. That's screw up, Isla. Yeah, every, what, every school concert, every family picnic, Christmas, you know, like every exchange of that child, everything where that you all have to be in attendance is going to be filled with anxiety. Yeah, no one wins out of the family court. And like I say to people, you're better off having a decision that you own rather than a judge telling you how to run your life. Oh. Yeah. Gives me a sick feeling. Yeah. I, think, I like yeah. all your little takeaways. Have you got bumper stickers of these? Yeah, I should actually. Back? I'm pretty wise, babe. I'm pretty now, wise. a lot of our audience are now do a little um, twitch every time someone on that show says custody. I know. I love that in the council. I'm like, I've really got that out yeah, there. Tw- people were tweeting me saying, like, <laughs> I can't hear the word custody anymore. So, but I'm having trouble because I know you say sometimes we like to say the child lives with so-and-so yep. full-time or whatever. How can we... Remove it from some of these sentences that they're saying. Like, I want full custody of Isla. How would you- I think what they mean, if I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. So there's kind of two things with kids. There's who they live with and who they spend time with, mm. which I'm so proud, Vera. I've taught you those, those <laughs> phrases. You've got them. But the other thing with kids is there's a thing called parental responsibility, and that's about long-term decision-making for kids. So things like what school they go to, their religion, if they have a passport, medical care, that sort of thing. And I think that a lot of people when they say full custody mean what legally we would call sole parental responsibility. So as in you can make all the decisions for that kid without involving the other parent. I think that's what they mean rather than they're with me full time and they never see the other parent. I think they just don't want Nicolette to be alive. Well, there's that, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's what egg donors are for. Yeah. (laughs) Um, God, I hope this storyline doesn't end with Nicolette dying. Yeah. Oh. I didn't even because go Because she's there. still on set. You know how, like, I've always been of the opinion that they're never going to split up Darren. Yeah, because they were the first gay wedding. Correct. Unless, no, here's what they can do. They can get another gay couple married on the show and then whoever wants to can get divorced. <laughs> or they could kill one of them. Yeah. Oh, which, oh. which is the neighbour's way, really. It is. It is. Yeah. But it's, oh. I, this is making me not like either of them. No. Oh, this is another thing that's cropped up a lot online is that there's very few characters on the show at the moment that we like and are barracking for. I'm just trying to think of any. There's a couple and we'll get to them yeah, shortly. Chloe. Oh, yeah. Chloe's all right. Yeah, and there's, okay, a cu- sure. there's a couple of young kids yeah. just finding their way in, in the romance in department the world. and that I'd like to discuss what? shortly. Can I just make an adjunct? Why do we think that they're making us hate Harlow? Do you think she's going to die or something? Or? I just think they need someone to fulfil a villain role. Yeah. Yeah, I understand it in a story sense. Um, maybe they'll just... they hit the bottom of the well. They yeah, they were they, like, any baddies, any we, baddies? Literally, we put her down the bottom of a well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we now did. we've run out of storyline. Um, we've got a Robinson. Yeah, she can be um, We don't have any love interests for her. Oh, yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah, I don't mind the switch. I just wish that 
it made sense contextually. Yeah, it's like she's <laughs> swat. Like if they came out and said, "Oh, this isn't actually Harlow. This is her evil twin," I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that makes." Well, more just sense. to dial it back a little, like actually, this is PTSD <laughs> yeah. from when your mum blew up. Like, yeah, and you were down the well. Yeah, a little chat with David would sort that out. Quick oh, sticks, David. I'm not talking to David. But Tarage is the only one who's like, I'm really worried for Harlow's personality right now. Yeah, because Harlow's moved into the penthouse. And Tarage is like, well, I don't think that's the best place for you because it's you're going to be poisoned by granddad. Actually, I'm fine with Tarage, actually, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, oh, she's – I saw um, April tweet uh, put on Insta stories that Tarage is actually the main character of the show and everything else revolves around <laughs> her. That's probably right. <laughs> um, can I ask, Beck, firstly, lastly, about the lawyers that turned up? They had their back patio meeting. Christ on a bike. Honestly. Like, they were trying to dig up the dirt file on in, Nick. Oh, my God. So many things. One – why would you have the lawyer at your house, particularly the house where the other person lives? Not very COVID safe at best, <laughs> like Zoom, yeah? Um, secondly, again, I go back to my initial point. The dirt is not going to help you. And also, was that the criminal lawyer and the family lawyer? Yeah. Is that what that was? Why are they t- What? <laughs> Maybe they're running it out of one firm. It's just come one, come oh all. Oh, my God. That was one of the dumbest things I have ever seen. On the flip side... They don't need dirt on Nicolette. They already know all the stuff she's done. The dirt's done. there. Oh, what about, though, we're going to get the dirt on David? Oh, I, yes. I did love that. I love that scene. So Nicolette sits down with Jane and Clive in the cafe and, and Clive's nursing little eyeliner. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I love Grandpa Clive. Me too. Yeah. And he's helping. I love it. He wants to help his girlfriend's daughter. And he, he's like, well, I can put you on to, you know, some lawyers and – She's like, oh, I need to dig up stuff on David. He's like, well, that won't be too hard. I mean, oops, I've Whoops, said nothing. too much. <laughs> but, and then it was only, what was the issue at the hospital? Wasn't it when he helped that guy that Leo had the in the shed? Yeah, Leo took that prisoner of war yeah. and David had to write out a prescription. I mean, wasn't honestly. There, I swear, he's done something else to he's do done with prescriptions. At least, yeah. with, with Aaron or he, something. Or? Aaron's back. Pain, or Aaron yeah. took the prescription pad, and yeah, come on, surely that's um, questionable. He's done at least three things that would have yeah. him stricken from the medical. Oh, no, poor Clive. I really felt for Clive, like because, lucky Savey, your girlfriend's daughter, you want to help her, yeah. but I also sense there was a reluctance yeah. when he was like, she was like, right, well, I'm going to call the lawyer now and say Clive sent me, and I feel like Clive was like, maybe don't say. My He's name. like, I like to go home to a warm bed at night, but I love Nicolette's solution. Well, I'm just going to call all the nurses. Yeah, yeah. of course. Because we talk yeah, to each other. Yeah, I mean, that's the way to get things done. And that, that gives Clive plausible deniability mm, yeah. in that she used to work there and she has friends there. Yeah. But also yeah. they'd have even better gossip, I bet. I also reckon oh, yeah. there would have been an email that got sent out about David. Like, it wouldn't have been a secret. No. Like, oh, he lost his position on the surgery team. Like, yeah. From now on, <laughs> if you want to speak to Dr David about surgery, do not. Do not. <laughs> so, anyway, that's funny that she's digging up the David dirt file, the dirt's flinging the mud slinging. We'll pick that up at some later stage. So let's move to something a little more joyous, and that is McKendrick's sexy time. God, they're adorable. I love how adorable this is because typically in the past on Neighbours when one party has had sex and the other hasn't, it's very much like the experienced man will tell you what to do, young and experienced girl. But this is, it's almost like Hendrix is going, I'm going to reset myself with you. And then we're starting fresh, just us as a couple. 
I had sex in a tent and there was like a murderous guy on the run as well. Let's like, it was probably a traumatic experience. Actually, no, he tried to on Balm Island. He tried it on and Harlow said no. They had sex after the funeral the first time. Yeah, she after was. After her mum got exploded. Oh, yeah. she Why was wouldn't you? Grief sex. Grief, yep. Which is, you know, still worrying. But he's like, I love that they've had this very wholesome, pure, innocent relationship. I actually think their dynamic is very relatable. Mm. Like I was a teenager who didn't really have any idea about anything <laughs> and I find Mackenzie in this quite relatable in like, oh, yes, I want to be rubbish but I'm not really sure how that happens yeah. or what I do or how I'm involved yeah, I, in this. I just know that that seems good and I want that. Yeah. <laughs> what I also love is that I remember watching soaps, you know, when I was a teenager and the phrase I always used was, wanted to go to the next level. That's the euphemisms. Whereas I've noticed now Mackenzie keeps saying, I want to be with you. And, and I'm wondering, yeah. is be with you the new take it to the next level? And, and she's saying take it to the next level only in video game metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> they, they they did it a lot on Home and Away, that so-and-so was with so-and-so. Yeah. Mm. It's a very tidy but, way of saying things. But at least now Mackenzie said this week, we need to talk about sex. Sex, yeah. Let's talk about sex. Baby. Someone's revving their engines as a thank you for the metaphor, the streets of the Motelness Centre. Because we're outdoors again, obviously. Keep it ventilated. This week, Mackenzie's trying to make some headway and she talks to Roxy and Roxy's having her own issues that we'll get to. Roxy's like, excuse me, Mackenzie, there are real problems in this world and you not talking to your boyfriend properly about sex is not one of them. So Mackenzie probably went away and cried and then went and (laughs) said to Hendrix, look, we have to discuss sex. And then they bring it up and it's actually a really delightful conversation. Does anyone remember any of it? I've got my favourite bit that I'll mention. So Hendrix says, well, I didn't want to pressure you. Well, with everything you went through with Richie, who made the freaking sex ladder or oh, contributed Richie. to the, the root ladder. Uh, but look, justice for Richie, though. He wasn't that bad. Yeah, he didn't make, he didn't write code. Also, <laughs> where is Richie? He's a uni. Oh, doing, okay. He's studying law, mate. Oh. To be near Mackenzie, but. Yeah. He's the only one who's it's like, well, sucks to be you. I'm getting a degree. <laughs> yeah. Which would be useful in Erinsborough. So Hendrix says, I didn't want to rush you into this, you know. And, she, and Mackenzie's like, you know what? Thank you. I have been through a lot. I was made fun of all my life and I never thought I would have this moment and now here I am being my true self and I get to have this experience and I'm ready for it and I choose you, you're the guy. And then Hendrix's little face lit up and he went, I'm the guy. Yeah, that was quite adorable. It's better than the shit canning you got last week from Harlow. (laughs) But what a dead shit boyfriend he was. Oh, yeah. Over cocktails. Can you fix up that bar tab, Hendrix, while we're here? We need to talk about sex. I mean, we, we both want this. I mean, I do. I wasn't ready last time because of my insecurities. I don't always feel comfortable in my skin. I'm ready to be with you. You're the guy. I'm the guy? Mm-hmm. Can they just have sex now though, and get on with it? Like, I'm getting bored now. <laughs> well, Tony's like, away. Tony's away for the weekend. fine, Tony but I was also like, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm ready now. I think last week I was like, I like how they're dragging it out. And now I'm like, all right, let's get to business, kids. We've yeah. had the chat. Well, now Tony's going to be in downtown Colac. Mm. They got the old toad mansion to themselves. <laughs> toad hall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how have we never called it that before? No. Yeah. Well, now that the it's house, not- The house of trowel. Yeah, now that it's not any of those things, House of Blau or House of Trow, it's Toad Hall. So that's lovely. Fireworks next week. Now, the relationship I'm less excited about, which is weird because it show, it was full of promise. We've got Thrubble Troubles. Oh, my God, I've never been so bored of <laughs> an, 
polyamorous relationship in my life. And I mentioned on a previous pod that I know someone in my one of my circles that is in a polyamorous relationship and turns out CJ didn't know about that person. That's amazing. And then off air she was like, what in the ever-loving hell? And we had a delicious long conversation and we will never be bored. Like we are never in our real lives bored of talking about it, but we are bored in Erinsborough of hearing about the real poly relationship. I God. I, I feel like it's the most boring parts of any relationship times two. Yes, you're so right because I, I mean, look, I can't even get one boyfriend, but I've often thought two would be like, I get bored easily, so I think maybe I'd Mm. like that, you know, different things. No, this is not a good advertisement for polyamory. You just have to please two people. Yeah. (laughs) Also, they're doing very um, night on, night off. Even when you're doing family, um, I was about to say the C-U-S-T-O-D-Y word, but when when you're divvying up family living arrangements – you don't go one night here, one night oh, there. Oh, God, no, how disruptive. You, you go, have to sleep in their sheets. Yeah. Go one week off, or, you know, one week on, one week off. Well, so I guess they're not even really polyamorous, are they? It's just Amy's got two boyfriends. <laughs> like, I feel like Ned and Levi are the real losers in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. They basically, Amy's got two boyfriends. They've both got half a girlfriend. And they go, can we have more girlfriends? No. no. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I love Amy. I was like, you go, girl. I love Amy, but... I still wanted to design fashion and I want her to run her bar and have event, events there. I don't like this version of Amy, yeah. this pathetic, like, throwing Levi's phone in the river kind of oh. Amy of the lake. So the big drama this week was she threw it in the lake but didn't tell him that Felicity Higgins has texted saying she wants to see him again. Give a shit. Yeah. And so they have this other date and oopsie-daisy, Amy outs Levi to Flissy in the cafe by saying, What is oh, wrong with you, Amy? Can you give me tips on Levi? Oh, as his other girlfriend, sure. Yeah, n- no, just for a second day. <laughs> I just think this is a real opportunity. Like Amy, Felicity, Levi, Ned, four very attractive people in their yeah. prime. Just get it on, guys. Just, just get do it. it on. There's room for a fourth. That yeah. I would watch. There's a moment when Ned walks into the Flamingo bar and sits down with Felicity and I thought, it's on. <gasps> Yes. Ned, bring in Ned, bring it in. And no, he just sat down to say, just thought I'd let you know this is Amy's bar. <laughs> that was good actually. So maybe just not. She's like, thanks, can you leave now? <laughs> yeah. But also he got a little bit Machiavellian in with saying, oh, well, you know, just Levi's not really into this throuple as much as you think he is. Yes. Yeah. Move him aside for me, honey. I, it's just, I, there's no stakes with the Levi side of this no. relationship. He's got one foot out the door. I would rather Amy and Ned were just together, yeah. I think. Certainly there's chemistry between them, whereas I don't see any chemistry at all between Levi and Amy. Not one bit. Do you know what would be hilarious if Ned and Felicity did hit it off and Amy's like, you know what, okay. And so she ends up with Amy, Ned and Fliss and then yes. Levi's on the outer. The yes. saddest bitch. <laughs> yeah. So that's them. Oh, we need to talk about one more thing and it's a biggie. It's a doozy. Gals. Just when we thought... That there was no more testy time. We thought we were at a testy time. Yeah. Testy time is back. The balls have dropped again. It's back with a vengeance. Wow, I was not seeing this coming. A few people picked it because they're like, oh, Kyle's walking around with a bad back. There's oh, I missed che- that. Chekhov's wince of pain. And I thought, no, it's just Coyle. He's lugging stuff around the tram. It's hard. But no, he has had this secret appointment in Frankston. With the Georgia thing was confusing to me. They oh were like, and Georgia's here and there's some weird thing going on. That is what I've been wanting to ask, whether it was just me that missed the Georgia thing. 
All it was is she got a promotion. So she wanted to have like a family barbecue in Colac. So come back to, from Germany for yeah. that same weird. I mean, I probably get, may not have this job for too long. I mean, unless it's a promotion in Australia, then I can see that. Like I'm moving back. I've been promoted oh, here. Which a cute moment was um, Sheila Korsh, um, Roxy, Googling Close. fertility treatments at the pub as you do when, you know, your boyfriend's grand's right oh, you know, to oh, work. On the laptop too. And she goes, oh, what are you doing this? And she's like, oh, no, I'm just Googling it for a friend. And um, Sheila goes, oh, I bet it's your friend Saskia. And I was like, what? Yeah, Georgia, um, the actor who plays mm. Georgia, Saskia Hempel. I'm actually really sad about Kyle's cancer. Oh. I'm really, really worried he's going to die. I'm really worried and I'll, I'll explain a few of my worries. So Coyle came back from Franger. Turns out he hadn't gone to the public shower booth at the Lassiter's Forecourt for his checkup. Because remember we caught him that day, Carl saw him and he's like, are you coming for testy time? And Carl's yes. like, no, 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 mate. I'll go when you're not on shift. He didn't go when he – he just actually went to Frankston to his family doctor because Hendrix had had that scare. It encouraged him to go check it out. He had a little feel and he said there's something not quite right and, downstairs. And the only doctors in Aaronsboro are his neighbours. Yeah. So good for you, Kyle. You went yeah. and you saw someone you trusted and you talked about it and now there is an issue but you're on the front foot and you're going to sort it out. So they've done a biopsy and friend of the pod, Nick, said he's much preferring how they're handling the scare with Kyle and he's having a biopsy and now it's stage two. The results are in and he has to have chemo. Yes, after he gets the operation. Yeah, and what's worse is that he will also have to tell Sheila. Yes. Which is going to be a lot to handle. He needs to tell her ASAP, especially mm-hmm. since he was having this surgery next week. Or just make someone else do it. Like when um, Coos were rallying behind Hendrix, just make Roxy do it. Yeah, that's true. I wanted to ask you guys what you thought of Toady with this whole thing because Toady thought he was being really supportive, but I couldn't deal with him every second phrase, oh, yes, I remember when Sonia had these tests. Oh, yes, well, Sonia's was stage four. Yeah. Well, Sonia, Sonia, Sonia. Do you remember Sonia. when... Everything was fine and then next week Sonia had four hours to live. Yeah. Remember that horrible trauma? That's not what you want around. <laughs> I think Kyle's really regretting telling Toadie. And Toadie's like, I just want to be a supportive friend and we have to talk about this right now. And Kyle's like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, go to Cola, mate. Leave us alone. The Good. Yeah. Um, there was a powerful scene where Roxy, Roxy's playing this beautifully. Like she's, <gasps> it's yes. hard for her. Like this is her future. Like she's immediately worried about when are we going to have our six children? So she's Googling it. She's taking matters into her own hands. She's doing her own research, quote unquote. And, <laughs> but she also wants to be supportive of Kyle and she doesn't want to be taking away his thunder. So she's trying to put solutions forward to him and he's like, babe, I just can't talk about cancer right now. I just can't. Mm. Just give it a couple of days. The chemo is probably going to fry up everything. So we need to put your little dudes into the deep freeze and I was thinking we should also look into freezing embryos. Rox, we only just found out that it's bread. So? So it's too much to think about. I'm going to do all the thinking. From now on, I am practical, Roxy. I don't want practical. Next week, I'm getting a part of my body chopped off. Yes, I don't want to think about cancer. I don't want to talk about cancer. And I don't want to read about cancer. He does need to go and look at getting sperm frozen, though. That's, mm, that that yeah. is a time-sensitive thing. And at least for men rather than women, it is something that can be produced on the spot. You know, they don't need to go through, like, an egg retrieval. I have to say, though... I'm finding that dynamic between Kyle and Roxy very believable. Like when I think about people I know who have been through that, you know, journey of cancer and whatever, like those actors are doing really yeah, well. Really, really good, good, stuff. good work. I'm worried because 
CJ has joined a Neighbours Spoilers group, Ceramic Crystal Ball. Um, I'm in there too. Oh, no. But I said to CJ privately, what the hell's going on with Kyle? She's like, I'm not taking any questions. I'm like, damn it, CJ. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm in there because... I don't like surprises. And uh. So once I heard about it, I had to be part of it. I nearly opened it up because I'm worried. But I'm not saying anything. Okay. I'm Fuck. like, CJ, I won't be taking questions at this Fuck. time. See, if I was in on a spoiler group one, I can't because of the podcast because I think I would just reveal spoilers. <laughs> You'd be Colin, Colin to Kate. But also, too, I think I'd probably stop watching Neighbours. If I was like, well, okay, this is what mm. I've learned that's coming up in the future. Oh, well, this is like skim reading a chapter. Of a yeah, book. there's a reason they have cliffhangers. It's to bring you back the next day. You oh, want to know what happens. I hate surprises. Me too. They make me really anxious. <laughs> that's why I was trying to get it out of it. Oh, <sighs> very stressed. I can't lose another canning. I was happy with the one we lost. Yeah, that yeah. was useful. I mean, need, that was... Yeah, we don't need to lose another one. Sheila would go apocalyptic. <gasps> I know. And I just think it would be genuinely, like, sad. Like some oh. people die in neighbours, I don't give a shit, but I think that would be a really sad. <laughs> that would be a sad one. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more about Coyle's journey next week because it's going to really take off from there. We have come to the point in our journey where we must award Citizen of the Week or Citizen of the Week, gals. Who has won? Uh, my Citizen is to Dr. Naka. Oh, yes, yes. Just being shit. Yeah. Being shit. Yeah. yeah. Exacerbating an already tense situation. I think I'm going to give Citizen to Hendrix oh. for being a great example of respect towards women and humans and consent and all the things we don't normally get on that show. And think of where he came from, where he I like attack pashed Harlow. Oh, that's right. And he. Pashed Mackenzie at a party. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to tear up over Hendrix. <sighs> okay. I'm going to say Citizen Coil for you were concerned about your health. You gave counsel to a young man and then you took yourself off to your family GP and you, you had it looked at. You had your own health looked at. You said shower stall testy time in the forecourt is not for Kyle Canning. I'm going to Frankston. <laughs> and that's commendable. You're getting you're actioning what you need to action. Love that. <sighs> Well, we are getting sunburned. <laughs> That's what we're getting, yeah. I'm literally huddled under a towel. Yeah. So we will go and reapply our sunscreen. We are so happy to be chatting in person. I know. It's amazing. And I think I'm going away to regional Victoria next weekend, but I'm going to do the pod in person still because I just cannot go back online <laughs> immediately. Beck, where can people chat to you online? Well, just everywhere. Just find me. I'm around. Yeah. People, I love that people are asking me questions in the council about this. Um, I love getting tagged in yeah. a question. Just make sure if you do want Beck's actual legal advice, you can slide into her DMs and she can give That's you her correct. But if you official want, address. If you want unofficial <laughs> advice, please yeah. ask. I love it. Fictional advice. Hit us up. Neighbours Council. Beck's always lurking, ready for a chat. Kate is on Twitter. I'm Remude on Twitter. And I'm um, usually in the Neighbours Council as well or Vase on Instagram and patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Keep well. Chat to you next week. Thanks for listening.